I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. Um, I'm your host, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I am a comedian, in theory, and because uh, when our show's ever coming back, uh, and I'm an idiot, that's why we're here. Um, if you're new, apparently I say I'm a lot. Please subscribe, rate, review the podcast on iTunes. Would love that. It helps me pop up more for other people also just feels good to read good positive reviews and um i'd greatly appreciate it thank you so 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 much to everyone who has done that recently or ever shout out to my best idiots forever gene and kathy uh over on patreon you can support the podcast with more than just a subscription and review if you want to help keep it afloat since i no longer have a regular income that would be extra helpful. It was always helpful before, but even more so now. Patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. You get uh, early release of episodes, bonus content, and uh, we do weekly crappy hours. Bi-weekly crappy hours. I'm switching to bi-weekly. Episodes are coming out bi-weekly for a little while. Um, no other reason than just time management and trying to take care of my mental health. Because uh, a little crazy. I'm in the middle of moving and just trying to do too many things while panicking about what life means. So, trying to work on self-care, so I hope you appreciate that. I, uh, of course, will stick to my promise to do weekly episodes. If I do meet my first level Patreon goal, I will not back down on that. But we got a uh, ways till that. So, uh, for now, hope you're enjoying my bi-weekly episodes and that you stick with me. There's lots of other stuff out there, um, including my other podcast, Two Filthy Nerds, which is currently uh, balls deep in, I shouldn't say balls deep, ovaries deep in Harry Potter. We are uh, in the middle of Chamber of Secrets. So having fun over there, deep diving and analyzing the whole series. And at the end, we'll go on to a new series. And um, what else is there to tell you? Oh, I mentioned mental health. This is a mental health episode talking to holly annabelle brown about ocd um i just started doing teletherapy and if you're interested BetterHelp offers great therapy options that are affordable they cost between 35 and 65 dollars a week which is really great if you don't have insurance um or if you do have insurance but can't find anyone who will take your insurance which seems to be an ongoing problem with people looking for help with mental health. It's not a crisis line. They've got licensed therapists. You can text, chat, phone, or video, and you can get one in under 24 hours. So if you're interested in that, check it out at betterhelp.com slash JMS. Uh, I don't know. Or go somewhere else. If you use that, in theory, it helps me make more money. I'm not going to lie to you guys. But either way, 
if you're struggling with your mental health. There's a few other options out there. I, you know, use one uh, through my own insurance as well. So uh, just reach out, find a professional, get the help you need. I um, feel like I would, you know, be selling myself short to not plug that uh, link, but I'm much more concerned with you guys getting the help you need and being happy than I am with you using my link, but that's available and it's in the show notes if you're interested. And um, one thing I do not feel weird about promoting is Neurogum, the official sponsor of this podcast. Um, I take Neurogum to help with my mental health, specifically my focus. It's energized, caffeinated. I can talk. I didn't have my Neurogum today. Surprise. Um, I should probably get back on that. Anyway, it's caffeinated gum. It's got B vitamins and L-theanine, so it gives you focused energy. And it helps me concentrate on the projects that I'm working on and what's in front of me. Did it help me realize that maybe I needed to pull back on a few things because I had too much on my plate and it was going to make me blow my head off? Maybe. But, you know, that's where BetterHelp.com came in. <laughs> uh, no, if you want to try it, it's really good. It's been, it was on Shark Tank. Um, they approached me because I was already raving about them. So uh, this isn't just some bullshit sponsorship. Um, but anyways, getneural.com. Use the code JMS for 15% off your first order. And if you do that, let me know. Uh, send, me a, send me an email. Tweet at me. Go to the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Let me know how you're liking it because I love it. And I'm interested to see how other people are liking it. And that is not part of the ad. It's just a thing I'm going to say every time because... I don't know. I guess, is this what people are like when they discover cocaine? That they're like, fucking, have you tried coke? Oh, God, I fucking love coke. But it's just neurogum. <laughs> anyway, I'll shut the fuck up. I have no shows coming up. You guys know that. Is the world ending? I mean, it's the end of the world as we know it. Boy, have they uh, overplayed that song everywhere? Probably. I mentioned the Facebook group one last time. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. You can join that. You don't have to be in Patreon or anything ever. Uh, anything, you know, requiring money. It's just a free place to post. I mean, it seems like mostly a bunch of fun memes lately, but you can start conversations about things that you want to learn about. Maybe you have a, a viewpoint that would be considered ignorant, that you're kind of, you know, confused about something. Get in there. Start a discussion. We can agree to disagree, but we can also have uh, mature conversations about two sides of uh, a coin or whatever the fuck. I'm clearly doing really well today, you guys. Um, look, enough about me. Let's get to our guest, Holly Annabelle Brown. She's rad. She's a funny uh, young comedian, and she talked to me about her struggles with OCD, and we tapped a little bit into uh, the bipolar arena. We discussed that a little, but the main focus was OCD, and it, it gives a lot of insight on this conversation sort of gives you the real look at what it's like to have the brain of someone with NC excuse me OCD versus you know the cartoonish out of date as good as it gets version where you think everyone has to wash their hands 40 times and lock the door 800 so <sighs> that was a yawn I'm boring myself you guys I promise the podcast is much more exciting than this intro give it a listen let me know what you think enjoy Holly Annabelle Brown Hey, idiots. It's me. I am here with 
comedian Holly Annabelle Brown. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Yes, we are, you know, joining me via Zoom. I feel like I always have to qualify because there will be someone be like, what do you mean joining you? We're in a, <laughs> we're in a quarantine. It's a crisis. Um, I, I don't know how to like get into this without just diving into it. But yeah. uh, so you, you live in Los Angeles. You've been doing comedy for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing um, stand up for five. And then, I mean, I born and raised in LA. So I've been doing uh, different types of comedy for five years before that. Oh my God. You're like LA original. What part? Uh, the Valley. I'm a Valley girl. Eight one eight forever. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. That's so cool. My boyfriend's like grew up in Calabasas and it's just, we're, we're, we're a rare breed. I know you don't meet a lot of locals, which is probably only an inside LA thought, but it's yeah. ev- the rest of us are fucking psycho assholes. We're like, I'm going to move to Hollywood and be somebody. I just have a theory that the idea and concept of Hollywood or like the, the type of people that come to Hollywood and they're bougie and they're assholes and all this are not at all started in LA. No, yeah, the that almost that prototype of an LA person that people imagine the very yeah. like cartoonishly reality bougie. It's like, yeah, no, that's someone who obsessed over the Kardashians and was like, I could do that. Yeah, and then they moved to LA, and then everyone's like, you're an LA person. Yeah, and it's like, well, they've all just always been garbage, and it's like, me and they're like, yeah, no, there's sort of normal people here. <laughs> yeah, really, like, Tennessee didn't want them either. Okay. Yeah, I know that's why they had to leave. <laughs> I say as someone who left Alaska, so I'm also- Oh my God. Oh, I know. I shouldn't have, I should never even say that because it's such a fucking startling thing. <laughs> like, you can't just be like, yeah, no, I'm from Alaska. People are always like, wait, that, what the fuck? That is really funny that it's something that you're like, are you sitting down before you tell me? I know. I had a, my freshman year of college, my roommate got mad at me. Like, we were new friend roommates and we'd go to all these parties and of course the main thing people are asking is like, oh, where are you from? And she- she literally was like, you always have to steal the show. And I'm like, I'm not stealing the show. That's where I'm from. I don't know what you want me to say. I like that you refer to her as your roommate and not your friend because I'm sensing a... We're, no, we're really good friends now. But at the, mo- at the time, it was like, this is my roommate. We're trying to become... Yeah. By some miracle, she got over it. But I'm sure yeah. it was just one of those, an 18-year-old drunk moment. My God. Yeah, you're, I'm sure you get this all the time. You're the first person I've met from Alaska that I know. I do. Yeah, we don't get out much. It's a rare, (laughs) I mean, we're like rednecks of the north. So it's, you know, it's like Tennessee got caught in a snowstorm, basically. Nothing, nothing bougie there. Yeah, I get accused of being LA for suddenly eating vegetables every once in a while. Oh my God. It's like, oh, you care about your health? Boo! <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's fair. I would have called me a pussy 10 years ago, too. That's <laughs> Listen, I will take that if it means that I'm going to live a little bit longer. That's fine. Yeah. No, same. It's like so much of the anything I do that's healthy is just because I'm surrounded by it and it's just sort of infiltrated my life. I'm like, oh, I, if I lived back home, I would die 20 years earlier and be 50 pounds heavier and probably fine with it. But <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. The amount of salt in, I used to eat so much salt as a kid, not like just out of the Morton's can, but <laughs> I, would, I would eat, I would put salt on everything that was already salted to the yes. point where my family at a family dinner put salt substitute on the table. 
and I was, I took off the lid of it to pour it on my steak. I'm like, guys, guys, am I going crazy? Cause I don't fucking taste this salt. That's and so then they, funny. All, they all started laughing, laughing. And it was not funny to me. Cause I did not enjoy that steak. You're like, I need my salt. Yeah, I was like, you've, you've taught me nothing. <laughs> it's like, this is now I just have to sabotage all of you. <laughs> now I have, I have to, to go buy salt. salt. <laughs> Exactly. God, my life was hard, Jessica. I mean, I, it sounds like such a tragedy. What a climb. You know, as, a, <laughs> as comedians, we all have to go through something. <laughs> yeah, that was my, ori- my cornerstone, my origin story, all based in this su- substitute salt. My, uh, my, my evil villainness comes from that. So. Right? You're like, that's where all the trust issues started. <laughs> oh, my God. What if it did? <laughs> I mean, probably. No, I mean, the more I read and learn about psychology, the more it's like, Oh, the smallest thing that happens to you as a kid can absolutely completely fuck you up. Cool, cool. That's great. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, and you're telling me I need double the amount of time to get over it. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. Yeah. Right. And it's like, oh, I'm fucked up because you had issues. Good, 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 good. That's. <laughs> oh, I have. I have to go to therapy because you were an alcoholic. Great. That's fine. That's why I truly think. You know, I mean, I know there are people out there that are like, my parents are perfect and they had the bet. They raised me so well and. I had the best childhood. I'm like, this is why I don't want kids is because I don't know anyone that doesn't attribute all their problems to their parents for the most part. And it makes me go, that's not like parents can literally do their best, absolute best and still have their children hate them or still have their children be like, well, that one fucking time. And I'm like, that's not worth it. Right. Yeah. It's like, I don't want you to be like, I'm, I'm sad because yeah, exactly. One small thing can just ruin the trajectory of their life or even if it doesn't it's like they can use it to blame you and you're like that's fine I just you know destroyed my vagina so you could come here but yeah get mad at me because you don't know how to properly emote right yeah get mad at you because I didn't teach you that fuck (laughs) right you're like damn it damn it same I'm the same about kids I'm like yeah I don't I don't know if I could not fuck them up on accident Yeah, I love my mom so much now. (laughs) (laughs) Relatable. Emphasis on now because she absolutely did a terrible job (laughs) raising me, but I have seen her transform as an adult woman now and all, you know, and I, even that though, it's like, even as much as I love my mom, I think it was a total fluke that we have a good relationship. Oh my God. I I feel the same way. My mom and I are the closest we've ever been, which is like one phone call a week max, but, (laughs) but like, yeah, no, it was a rough growing up and it's just sort of taken the space and her growing, me growing. And then also I've had to learn a lot of like empathy or not. I didn't have to learn empathy. I'm fucking burdened by the amount of empathy I have. Dear God, help me. But (laughs) Wow, humble brag. We get it. Yeah. No, it's fucking when when people are like, "I'm an empath." I'm like, "That's why would you brag about that?" It's it's terrible to just like, oh, "I feel everyone else's emotions too." What's I'm crying because you're sad. What is fucking happening? I I mean I like that. I I'm so bad at comforting people that I I look to my to my people that I know that are empaths, and I'm like, I wish I had that. Like I know that I'm empathetic, but I fucking I never got that growing up so I freeze when somebody is crying in front of me I'm like they're there yeah, you're like just like a weird distant pat on the <laughs> shoulder you're like okay I feel like I, I can say all the right words but I don't know how to physically help somebody I feel like there's a lot of things where like as much as you probably feel weird in that I feel like there's a lot of things you cannot physically help somebody with yeah when it comes to 
anything that's like a very sad or like emotional thing. And we all have this, we're all compelled to be like, well, what can I do to fix it? Because as a society, it's like being sad means you're broken. And it's like, no, I think there's a lot of things where it's like, no, that person just is going to be sad for a little while and you can comfort them. But trying to be like, it'll be okay when someone's world is falling apart. I don't know. No, you're right. I, I, and I've learned that it's, it takes so much of the, the person in the position of like what depression or whatever they're dealing with to take a moment, think about what they need and then communicate that. Exactly. And you kind of just, if the, I think the best anyone can do is be there to listen for someone oh, like that. God. I fucking love if I'm in a, any type of like manic state, depressive state, whatever. Mm-hmm. I fucking love when my partner or my sister just sits next to me and just is sitting there and then either I can, I'd like waits for me to talk or tries to talk, but never pushes. Yeah. doesn't try to like have some sort of specific thing to try to fix it with or force you to talk about it. Yeah. Everyone knows the worst question of all time is like, what's wrong? Like what? Oh, that just makes you fall apart more. I, I, I get this look on my face. I think I, I, I really need to work on my face. <laughs> I get this look on my face of like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, What's wrong? <laughs> how dare you? I'm like, like, give me your hand so I can hold your hand and walk you through this. Right? I, I think it, it jacks me up and makes me really mad, so... But that's a, that's a thing I'm working on, Jessica. Oh, no, I mean, I, it's, it's so relatable, though. That's a very normal thing, because then it's like, oh, now, and I don't know how much of that is, like, empathy versus, like, just deep codependence to be like, oh, now I have to be upset that you're worried about the fact that I'm sad. Great, yeah. cool. And that's why, that's what I mean about, like, empathy being, because I'm for sure an empath for anyone who is, you know, buys into that word, but I go almost the opposite of being uncomfortable like trying to comfort someone where I'm not helpful at all because all of a sudden I'm just like, oh God, that's so terrible. Oh God. <laughs> just like crying with them. And they're like, okay, what? It didn't even happen to you. And I'm like, I just, it's just so sad. <laughs> oh my God. I relate to this so much. My, one of my best friends growing up, when my dad died at his funeral, she was crying so much that I started to comfort her. And at first I was mad. And then I was like, this is fucking hilarious. I mean, it's just, thank God that you can find like humor in moments like that. (laughs) Yeah. I had uh, a couple of friends in high school uh, pass away. And I remember my mom coming in like right after the news had been broken, coming into my room. And I think she was going to try to comfort me. And (laughs) this is a hundred percent where I get it. Cause she was just like, Oh God. And I was like, Oh no. interesting that you picked that up from your mom you know it's like you see something a quality in someone else and you're like I, I want to adjust and not do that and not do that and then you're but like some things you just can't not pick up so well yeah and that's what and circling back to like why I'm afraid to have kids my mom has openly been like yeah no like I love you guys but I think we can all just we just all go ahead and agree that I did a pretty shitty job like oh wow yeah which was I think the closest I'll ever get to my mom being like yeah sorry about a, a few of the the fuck ups. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, an impossible feat to have your parents apologize. Oh yeah, so for specifics, especially. <laughs> oh, of course, because it's oh, when anyone, it's like your ego does a really good job of erasing the times you were fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what I'm a saint. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was actually kind of cathartic hearing her be like, "No, 
to it, I fucked up. But oh yeah, totally. Uh, God, now we've spiraled into like parenting things. Well, let's talk about because you mentioned, um, you know, being comforted when you're feeling like manic or depressive, and mm-hmm. like not that that's what our focus is on, but I think we've all had moments of feeling highs and lows. I think most people, at least most people listening to this, can relate to that at least in a small degree. But, um. What I wanted to talk to you about was you uh, have OCD. Yes, I do. It's so fun. Oh, I'm sure. Let's, <laughs> Especially well, let's, during the quarantine. Yes. No, it's like what I was supposed to interview you earlier, and I have the worst organization skills on the planet. So. I think this worked out perfectly. Like I, I have never been so attuned to noticing the minute details of my OCD than when you have no option but to like look in a mirror at yourself 24 seven. Yeah. We're all trapped with ourselves and having to see the good, the bad, the ugly basically. Yeah. And it is a struggle. I feel like for people, it's not something that I've seen super spoken about of like what quarantine can possibly doing for people with their mental illnesses because they don't have their, like, even if they continue to have therapy, it might not be the same type of therapy or they are, could be taking medicine, but they don't have those other coping mechanisms Absolutely. And it's, yeah, no, and it's such a new, unique experience that I feel like that, you know, it's unique to the world, but we're all going through it that I I feel like it's probably hard to speak about until people see a little, you know, yeah, a little bit more of, you know, what's their experience or for sure from like a psychologist's perspective of, well, let's not jump to assumptions yet. It's a little early in this crazy, unique experience, but I think we take for granted the coping mechanism that socializing can be, you know what I mean? It's a need, but also in a way you can use being social as an avoidance of having to look at all this shit. Yeah. And for certain people, it's genuinely a a need that needs to be met before you can like achieve or unlock different parts of your brain. Absolutely. It's like, I need to socialize and physically be around people in order to feel funny enough to write jokes. Absolutely. Like anytime, anyone who's an extrovert, it's like you get your energy from others. And that's why those like Zoom comedy shows are such a weird concept because it's... It's exhausting. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, this doesn't, this is not, the thing I get from doing comedy, I don't get from this. Which yeah. very much makes it clear that I use comedy as a drug, but... <laughs> But it's like, oh, this just is like giving a speech into the void. It's like if you, but doing Zoom comedy shows makes me like, how are there YouTube personalities who yes do alone? Like what psychopathy? Uh huh. Like, it's so fucking because there have been a couple times in this where I'm like, maybe I'll do some type of video blog, and I'm like, I, I can't. Like I'm trying to be oh like, God. you gotta, you gotta make that content. Oh. No, I, I, I just think it's like shine, shown a spotlight on the vanity of uh, the, especially like the current wave of stand-up comedy and what it has, what it means to be a stand-up comedy now. Yeah. It's shown, of course, stand-up comedians are fucked up and they have, I mean, I hate saying that. I feel like that's such an old stereotype, but of course they have their reasons for wanting to talk about the things they talk about. And of course, um, I mean, it's shitty. I mean, you know, I totally feel you. I'm being like, ah, oh, it feels weird to say they're crazy, but. At the end of the day, like, we're all going in front of a crowd of strangers and our goal is to be laughed at. We're fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then we, uh, but then there's, like, a certain, there's another sect of people that 
it's not, sometimes I look, I go, is this even about stand-up comedy for you? Or do you just need in the t- attention so badly you would get it in any way, shape, or possible? And oh, yeah. stand-up is like a quick drug fix to get that. Yeah, and that is honestly haunting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, because it's like, there's people who are continuing, and I'm still putting stuff out, and I'm trying to like, and part of it is just that, you know, for it's pro- I have an unhealthy need to be productive, I'm sure, where it's like, yeah, I just yeah. got to keep doing something, you know? But people who are still, like, very clearly trying to achieve or, like, build things in the quarantine is really highlighting, like, oh, God, like, you, it's just next level, and I don't know if I have that. I'm like, is that what you need? I know! That's how I, I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. And, of course, there's an element of, yeah, uh, things change and you have to, you're going to have to do things you don't want to do. But I'm like, this is nothing. This is, wasn't even on uh, the back of my brain of what I signed up for when I wanted to do stand up was to re- put my camera in front of myself and actually think anyone could give a fucking shit. Absolutely. About, about my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I wish, like, I truly have moments where I've been like, I wish I had the level of narcissism. That <laughs> made me feel like, you know what people need now more than ever is for me to make jokes. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're, you're vain and then you see other people and how vain they are and you go, I guess I'm not. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're like, I'm fine. Oh, like <laughs> what a blessing that Instagram live and Instagram stories are in that way that it's like, Oh yeah, I'm pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty chill, but people don't care that I'm chill. I know it's like, Chill doesn't get you followers or whatever fucking kill me. I know. I, I don't even, that's like, a, honestly, we've touched, we touched on so many things already where I'm like, this could be a whole episode. I know. I know. I'm like trying to get like back to the focus of, cause I want to talk about, so how long have you been living with OCD? Um, it's kind of a, it's complicated because I think a lot of times, obviously you have mental illnesses that you that go undiagnosed and you don't really you you kind of think back and you go was that part of it and you don't know it's a great absolutely area. where you're so, like what where's the line and yeah so I I got diagnosed it was very clear growing up that something was going on but nobody had the emotional or you know understanding uh, awareness to to tackle it in my family so I I ha- I went to my, my parents put me in anger management when I was a kid um, I did therapy off and on all of the time, family therapy, single therapy. I was just very explosive. Um, oh, so that's how it was like manifesting as a kid. I was curious, like what was going on? Yeah. Yeah. And still to the, I don't have the, the, I don't know, the knowledge to know if like that trick, cause I know a lot of times mental health illnesses are brought on as an early adult. So yeah. I don't know how early I had it, but there's moments where I think back and I go, Either I either had it or I was just reacting and I didn't know how to react. Like um, yeah. So I emotions. was diagnosed as bipolar um, in, when I was nineteen. Ah. Uh, because I after a suicide attempt, and oh. then I had to go to mandatory therapy and counseling. And while I was doing this therapy and counseling, I really connected with my therapist. And after about a year, he then was like. 
I got bad news. <laughs> oh no. He got OCD too, my girl. And I was like, I mean, he did, he said it much more professionally. <laughs> <laughs> and then we high-fived and chugged a beer. Um, Yay. <laughs> it's great that you had a few view. So at least, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that it took, you know, th- getting to the yeah. point of like suicide, but that you, it sounds like you relatively quickly found a therapist you quick, clicked with, which is uh, it's great. So- it's so bizarre then I look back on my life of what the what the things ha- that had to have happened in my life in order to meet, find the thing I loved. And yeah. Like, oh, I had to, uh, you know, try to kill myself and it didn't work. And then I found this therapist that changed my view of therapy. Uh, so that's it so was so beautiful. And, and the, un- the unburdening of finding out you have mental illness and that's why you're the way you are and being able to communicate that to people. So even if they don't understand what mental illness is, at least they know I'm not quote unquote crazy. That there's like a specific thing behind it. Was that, was getting diagnosed in a way like a relief? Oh my God. It's honestly, the OCD was more of a relief than bipolar. I think I knew that I was bipolar and I could see how it was affecting me, but I just didn't want to admit it. And then being diagnosed with OCD, you have, um, a weird idea of what you think it is. Like, but I mean, any mental illness, you have a small idea, but with OCD, I felt like for some reason that was one of the, the least developed in like pop culture and talked about and yeah. I didn't really know what it entailed. Everyone just thinks it's like, oh, you have to touch a doorknob seven times before you yeah. leave. You have Everyone to- thinks it's like as good as it gets and you wash your hands in like scalding hot water eight times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a therapist one time tell me to watch as good as it gets. And I, w- I went back to her and I was like, but what about all the racism? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, uh, I haven't watched it in so long. Yeah, not quite as relatable as you thought. Um, uh, so yeah, I got, I, so what happens, my therapist was, explaining to me if you have if you already have a mental illness and uh, you can sometimes get a develop a, an umbrella mental illness so i then developed ocd as a coping mechanism for my bipolar disorder oh uh, and then the ocd became the most prominent thing in my life and it still is right now like it, it is i have bipolar and i think i've done enough therapy not not enough holy shit there's never enough but uh, <laughs> I've done a lot of therapy and I found great things to help me cope with my bipolar, but OCD is, it feels impossible because it is, it's like rapid fire in your brain 24 seven, you know, you can't, it's, it's inescapable. There's no highs and lows like there are bipolar. Interesting. It's just like a nonstop. So are you constantly, uh, is your mind like constantly infiltrated with like a thought, like a specific thought until you do something? I, yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, the, uh, one common misconception for people with OCD is that they have, uh, like they have the, uh, like seven things they have to do in their house before they leave or something like that. Mm. But for me, it's, I, I have like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with trichotillomania. <gasps> Are you? Oh, I'm cringing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have a, a form of that and it's also, I can't remember the name. There's some type of like, it's like a skin picking thing, but I will pick at my skin to get like certain, I have a lot of moles. Like they sound disgusting. They're very cute. I mean, uh, no, anytime I have a ton of moles and saying the word moles is like, yeah. oh. <laughs> but I have a lot of moles and moles develop little like thicker hairs and I will probably, probably 
I could spend five hours just picking at it. And I oftentimes rip the mole off because oh I, gosh. The, the control and the, the satisfaction I get of getting that hair out for some reason is unrivaled. Whoa. To really, really and, and, something. and for the people who don't know, I guess let's back up. Uh, okay. Cause I just blasted through trichotillomania. Uh, or wait, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, that's like pulling hair, right? Yeah, it's just the obsession of with pulling hair. A lot, mo- a lot of people do it with their eyebrows and their um, just the hairs out of their head. Mm. But I do it with the hairs out of my mole, and I'll. It's like I will if I feel a hair on my body, I can think of and do nothing else besides mm-hmm. touch it until I can get it out. Wow, that's so that's so interesting. And it feels debilitating when I want to. Like I'll be out in public with a friend and I cannot do anything besides like grip my arm and touch this hair because something about me going, it's here, it's here, it's here. I'll get it eventually is helpful. Yeah. Wow. But that's just one of the things that I like that I, that falls under my, you know, obsessions. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I feel like people don't talk enough about like breaking down the like obsessive and compulsive parts of, you know, obsessive mm-hmm. compulsive disorder so it's just like a thing that you get like almost stuck on where it's like, I can't function until this is yeah. done. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I have a, a blanket that I was a child. I grew up with as a child and um, there's fringes on it and I just put them between my fingers and I like m- mush them around. It's, it sounds so stupid when I say it. Well, no, but it's like what you do but, and what you're like, you know, kind of compulsed to do and what you need to do. Yeah. And I, I, when I have them in my hands, like I have to physically, I have to tell my boyfriend, I go, I need you to take this out of my hands and like hide it from me or I won't be, I won't be able to go on a run. <laughs> it's, That's so funny that it's like, you're like, I cannot stop touching it. Yeah. And I just thinking about it now, I'm like, Ooh, baby, I can't wait to go touch that. Touch that blanket. <laughs> I love you. My boyfriend hates that blanket. Oh, I'm sure. Cause he's probably like, what the fuck? He's like, this blanket is so fucking old. It's got cobwebs on it, Holly. <laughs> just falling apart he's like it's not a blanket it's like a few strings <laughs> it does it has the biggest hole in it and I can't wash it because the hole will get bigger oh, no. so it just literally smells like ranch dressing and my boyfriend's like get this out of here it's gross that's so funny he's like I love it so much that's so funny well I'm sure like instances like that you've probably gotten reactions of people like you know, you're like, no, I just need to do this. People going like, no, you don't. Like, you're fine. Do you have yeah. you ever gotten that? Like, how does that feel? You how know, do you respond to that? I think, I feel like having OCD is a lot more private than a lot of other mental illnesses day to day. It's not because it's mostly developed like within your daily routines and your habits. And um, it's not so like people that don't live with you won't see it as much. And, yeah. Like my close friends notice it only because probably length of time I, you know, hung out with them over like, you know, 20 years or whatever. But uh, I don't think a lot of people would ever know. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's just like little, a lot of it's probably little tiny mannerisms that you do, especially at home. Yeah. The, the bigger stuff that would affect me outside of my home is um, obsessive thought processing. Like like if somebody says something to me or I don't know if like say this is going to sound really stupid but if somebody unfollows me on Instagram or like I noticed (laughs) they blocked me on Instagram and then I 
I'm like, why the fuck did they do that? And I will not stop until I can try to find out. Like I've gone so far as this guy unfollowed this guy. I did not even like, I did not like this man. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't care. But in the moment I, yeah. And he unfollowed me on Instagram after I did his show. And I was like, I did really well. I don't understand what happened there. Oh, that's a dick move. (laughs) It totally is. And also he was like really nice to me. So it was very confusing. Like really nice, but also would not stop talking about how much he hated Hillary Clinton. And this was two years ago. And I was like, buddy, chill the fuck out. Wow. What a gem. Yeah. So I, I messaged him after he unfollowed me because I, I do have like a level of, I don't give a fuck, but I care so much for my knowledge, but I don't care what they think. Yeah, but you're like, but I need to just know so I can have clarity. And I messaged him and I was like, hey, dude, what did I do to you? (laughs) And he was like, nothing. And I was like, okay, could it be more obvious that I did something that you didn't like if you care to tell me and I could help, you know. Like resolve this situation. Let me know. And he was like, you're good. And I was like, okay. It, It did help me kind of close the thing of, I don't like you. I don't need that. But I... I would have been absolutely obsessed if I had not reached out and said something. And said something. Yeah, no. So it's almost like manifest in ways where like there's just things that shouldn't be that big of a deal, which by the way, you saying this and you going like, this sounds stupid. I'm sure there's so many people who have felt this way specifically about social media stuff. Yeah. But it's like you, you almost like can't let go of it until you address it or like. Oh yeah. I am so overly communicative and about what, how I'm feeling and how I want other people to tell me they're feeling that it, to the point that it drives me crazy. I'm just like, just chill out and try to not need to talk about everything, Holly. But that's OCD. OCD is like, go, 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 go. Wow. You're like, I have to, I have, do you over, is oversharing, do you think part of it? Um, I don't know. I think, I don't know, actually. That's a really good question. Hmm. I, I don't think I overshare I think I have a, I think I'm really good at reading people, but yeah. I, so I don't overshare, but I am an open book in okay. this, like, I don't, I'll like, I'll make sure they know if I'm going to talk about my OCD or I'm going to talk about my dad, dad, like I'm okay talking about it. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, I'm so morbid that I'm like, it's almost annoying that you have to like care about that other people feel sensitive when you talk oh, about no. your tragedies or your struggles. But it's like, that's the thing I had to learn with comedy too. When like doing comedy about things that are more personal is the best way somebody put it to me is cause there's that whole tragedy plus time. And I don't know if you make any jokes about either of these things, but yes, definitely. Um, someone was like, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. So, you know, like you've coped with this, you've had it long enough that you've found a way to make it funny. But for a lot of people in the crowd, they have never experienced what you're telling them. And so they're just going through this little trauma with you. And it's like, Oh, man, fuck them. But no, it's, it's so interesting to think about that because you're like, you're going through this trauma, but you still also didn't experience it and it doesn't affect you. And you're like, and if I'm on stage as a comedian telling you about it, clearly it's supposed to be funny. But it's like, yeah. I have maybe a whole 15 minute chunk about mental health, specifically depression. But it's one of those bits where like, I, for a long time I was obsessed with like, I just, I want more people to like it. And then I realized... It's just a bit where like the people who get it are going to love it. And some people and, and no begrudging towards them. It's like, oh, I'm happy that some of you think that this is either sad or you don't see why it's funny because it means you've never tried to kill yourself. Oh my God, that is such a good point. Yeah, where it's like that 
having that was, I think the first bit I had where I really learned to let go of needing everyone to love my, you know, the bit I'm doing and just go like, Oh, this has a specific audience and the right people will really love it. Cause you could, it was just, and that wasn't me just writing it and going, this is how this is going to go. It was, you know, after saying it and realizing there were some, sometimes it would do well for the whole crowd. Sometimes it was like really uncomfortable, but there was a few people who were just like dying laughing and you're like, okay, well, sometimes you just got to be like, fuck it. And also at the end of the day, if you think about, I'm sure, I know you've thought this too, of the comedians when they reach their pinnacle of their career, they're then catering towards their audience. So then that audience likes what they've got to offer. They don't have to go to a uh, a club that's never heard of them and win them over and try to be like yeah like shuck and jive on stage like who likes butts <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have, a, I have a joke about i was in a i've been me- in mental hospitals twice and the last time i went was almost oh god i think it was almost two years ago huh. wow time flies when you're having fun you know <laughs> And I, I wanted to, honestly, when I went to the mental hospital, I, I, I tried to kill myself again. It did not work. I'm very bad at that. I've, <laughs> I've only had one fail, but I feel you where you're like, I mean, what a fucking cherry on top yeah. of a shit cake. You're like, I don't even like myself. Why can't I do this? Like, um, come on. <laughs> I, I was in the mental hospital. I remember when I was in there, I was like, I better fucking get a joke out of this. And <laughs> I get out, I write a joke and I love the joke I wrote. And I would say 80% of it does super well. As the the joke is probably like a five minute joke. 80% of the joke does really well and everyone's on board. And it's, I feel so proud of myself for getting people on board with that. Yeah, that's great. The last 20% (laughs) is something I find so incredibly funny that nobody finds funny. Uh, And you're like, whatever, fuck you, I'm coping. Yeah, I'm like, well, fine, I'll just go kill myself after this. It's fine. That's such a a great button. It's like, oh, you're not going to laugh? Well, then maybe I should just try to kill myself again. Seems like a great button to us, Jessica. Exactly. And other people are like, this is dark. I've been so comfortable with death and speaking about suicide that like I sometimes have to have moments where I remind myself that other people don't regularly talk about those things yeah. like especially the more you're around comedians because we have just no line and mm-hmm. then you forget that other people have a line they don't cross and you're like oh you guys don't just go like man to be cr- crazy if we just fucking died <laughs> yeah and especially if you only have like 10 minutes to do a set and you want to intertwine something about suicide you then have to go, I have to ease them into this. I can't start out the gate with this and I don't want to end on it. Yeah. So it's like sandwiching it in uh-huh. and then wondering if you leave and they go, well, that, that suicide girl was interesting. <laughs> Cause it's like everyone will just, whatever you're doing, whatever short set, it's astounds me how even the industry will like watch someone and sum them up sometimes by like a five minute set. And it's like, sorry, you don't think that that's like all that that they are is like the yeah. a, the asshole on fire girl. Like that's <laughs> but that's what you're gonna remember them as. Cool, cool, cool. You're like, uh, give it up for this comedian. She wants shit her pants, and now it defines her. <laughs> it's all of who she is. She is not <laughs> multidimensional. Yeah. Ah, man. Okay, so shit. Two years ago. Yeah. You, so. What, were you having like a manic episode or what's going on? That's when my OCD really took over. And um, I began to uh, not be able to sleep at all because I would 
go try to go to sleep and then a, one thought would enter my brain it could be as innocuous as um shoot i forgot to give that table parmesan cheese <laughs> or, oh fuck yeah or it could be as big as i don't think um i don't think this friend likes me at all or i don't think anyone thinks i'm funny um but that thought will go in my brain i'll be, i'll lay down i'll close my eyes in my head i'm like I'll, I'll feel like I'm thinking about the thought maybe twice, three times, but I'll look at the clock and five hours have passed. And I just, it's been that one line on repeat the entire five hours. Whoa. And I will not sleep. And bipolar disorder, um, if you're manic at the same time as having, you know, OCD, you don't sleep when you're manic and then you don't sleep when you have OCD. And I went um, an entire month with at most getting one to two hours of sleep a night. Oh, so that would, that, I mean, that would make anyone snap, you know? So I started to hallucinate and I started to um, have bought like body shivers and chills because my body was not healthy. Um, Fuck. I had to cancel on everything because I could not physically uh, function. And telling somebody I didn't get any sleep doesn't even do it justice. No, because they're like, yeah, yeah, you had a fucking late night. All right. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, uh, I'm losing my mind. I'm fine. I'm like, bitch, I saw the sunrise. Fuck. <laughs> so I didn't sleep for an entire month. And your, your psyche, I, I felt like I was battling so many wars that there was no way I was going to win. And I, I, w- I was like, I'm never going to sleep again. It's this, the, it developed into a, a severe fear of sleeping. And I decided it would be a better option to try to kill myself than to try to get through this. Like I had, I felt like I, Oh, I was bipolar. I had OCD. I'm scared to sleep. Like, yeah, you just felt like there was, it was like almost hopeless. Yeah. And so I try, I tried to kill myself. It didn't work. I went to, I got put in a mental hospital and it was the worst mental hospital experience I've uh, I like how I say that. I <laughs> As someone who regularly <laughs> takes trips to the mental hospital, I have to say, <laughs> one tried, star. Seriously. I tried to really? about how when I went to the mental hospital the second time, I was like the cool senior <laughs> <laughs> at a mental hospital. And I was like, guys, at my other place, they had ketchup. But <laughs> no one thinks it's funny but you. <laughs> um, uh, God, I feel it so hard. But yeah, it's it, then you get trapped in the side the the mental hospital system or the system of mental health. And it's so bad. It makes you feel even more hopeless. And it, it, it's just, it's, it made me feel like I have to do something about this. So that was good. I'm like, I have to try to like spurred just enough, like energy to try to figure out a different solution. It was was two thoughts. It was like, I have to, I I was like, I want to help other people not deal with the mental health system. And then also I was like, if I'm ever going to do this again, girl, you're going to get this right. <laughs> you're not going to botch this this time. God. So it, it, I know it was very dark, but it, I, I still think it's funny. The yeah. idea of like mental health, mental hospitals are so bad. You're just like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a showstopper. Next time. Oh, dude, I get it. I mean, I want someone once called me, which is such a, uh, such an overstatement and so, but like someone's like you're like the michael jordan of suicide jokes but like i'm just now thinking of like the michael jordan of like suicide attempts where it's like yeah he got caught from his he got caught from his high school basketball team but did that stop him no 
he got, I got back up on that chair and I tied that noose. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to take more pills. Fuck you. I'm like, Hell yeah. Leave it. I took 10. This time I'm taking 20. Push yourself. Push your limits. Yeah. You have to believe you can do it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. I, did you go to a mental hospital as well? I actually didn't, uh, which is oh. horrible, or maybe it worked out for the best. I, no, I, I think it worked I, out for the best, weirdly. So I attempted suicide, failed, and then was like, I guess I'll go to an open mic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then just talked about it. And by the way, right after I just rambled about like, well, here's what I do. Would you guys do this afternoon with like, because I tried to hang myself. So not even hang myself. I, it was this like psychotic manic. So I should have put a trigger warning on all of this, but like I tried to like strangle myself to hang myself. It was a very weird, like over my old shower head. I think uh-huh. it's a whole thing with like. The a, things that your body can like can do or not obviously not like can do in a good way, but the things that you can are capable of doing, like people say, oh, there's no way you could ever drown yourself or there's no way you could do this. It's like you, it, you don't know what it's like to have a psychotic break then. Yeah. It's like I was, and I only recently started talking about this to anyone in like the last few years, as far as like, you know, on stage or on podcasts or whatever, but like what I would have pictured me feeling like to get to the point that I was suicidal, like based on what you hear from people and how I actually felt were so different because mm-hmm. I was like in a, in a spiral of, I couldn't turn my brain off. It's, I mean, it sounds, I'm not, it's definitely, I'm not saying it was the same, but I was definitely on the end that sounds like you were where it was like constant, like infiltration. I yeah. and it wasn't like my life wasn't bad. That's the, like that idea that it's like, well, you know, I, I've lost all my, my money and my family left. I mean, I didn't have any of those things. So maybe arguably it was bad, but like but that's, that's mental illness, mental illness, like people that experience trauma. It's like, yeah, you can, I don't know. It's you have a fight or flight, mentality and I think when you're experiencing the worst part of your life it's a fight mentality you're like I gotta get through this I gotta get through this and then after it's over you're then um encumbered by the the pressure of what you just went through yeah you're like left to just sit with those residual feelings which can make you your brain do some crazy shit Mm -hmm. so and then you, just you saying, I can't turn my brain off is something that I say all of the time. And yeah. It, it feels like it makes, it's like one of the only things that makes sense to people. It's like you, if, if you feel like you can sit down or do like yoga is would not, something I could never fucking do in my life. Fuck. I got into it once like hot yoga. I like dragged myself there every, and I fucking hated it. And the whole time I was like, this fucking sucks. And then I'm, I'm mad that I ever quit because it took like maybe a month and a half of me just being like, fucking, this is fucking, I'm not relaxed at all. And then something <laughs> clicked and I was able to be like calm. Wow. And it was, dude, it was fucking, I don't know what year it was, 2016. It was the first time in my life I ever experienced what it felt like to have like a brain that was calm. Wow. And let me tell you, like, I was just like, is this just like a thing other people feel all the time? Like the first time I ever had my brain not have thoughts or feelings racing through it. It was just there. Like I just existed. It is. That's what happens. Like, and until that happens, you don't even realize that that's a possibility. Like when someone talk about clearing your mind or like, you know, being calm or observing, observing a thought, it's like, you're a psychopath. (laughs) 
observing a thought. I'm like, okay, how many fucking drugs did you have to take to get there, hon? <laughs> right? It's like, um, there's 8 million firing off of my brain right now. So yeah. good luck. My boyfriend, or not just my boyfriend, like a lot of people obviously have the ability to at night go to put, lay down, turn the lights off, no TV on, and just go to sleep. And that yeah. idea to me, I will, I don't know if I'll ever get there again. Like I, I one time in my life, I was able to do that. Um, my, uh, my mental illnesses have developed in such a way that I can no longer, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that again. Just like lay in the dark. Wow. Just lay with myself. Like I have to have a TV on at a certain, this is where my OCD really shows. I have to have a TV on at a certain volume where I can just make out what they're saying, but it's not loud enough to <laughs> really like be invested in the conversation. Exactly. And I, I cannot fall asleep if it's, there's no noise whatsoever. And I, I can't do like sound machines because there's nothing that's, I can get lost in my own head if I hear a sound machine. That's so interesting. But if I have, um, and then it has to be the right show. It can't be a show that I'm actually invested in. It has to be a show I've seen enough times that I like. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but nothing too dark because then no, I'm going to fall yeah. asleep. Has to be happy. Like the perfect shows I found, I mean, obviously like Parks and Rec or New Girl where I'm like, I've seen these so many times. Yeah, that, that you're not like, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. It, because if, it, if the movie is on, if I'm dead tired, a movie is on that I, one spark of a line where I'm like, what? And I, Same. I so it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's so crazy to think that I will, I don't know if I'll ever get there again. And Wow, that is like, because of all the like mental health shit I've struggled with, there have been small moments where my sleep was impacted, but I've always felt really grateful that like I just started with a new therapist and when she was, it was like just this week. So the first meeting, it's kind of almost like an intake meeting and she's asking okay. me all these questions. And when she asked about my sleep, I just had this moment where I was somehow able to be grateful. Like actually my sleep is fine. And I just know so many people who struggle with it. Yeah. That's, that's very, uh, I don't know what the word is because it's quarantine and my brain's turned off in a way. <laughs> um, uh, but that's very, I'll get there. I'll get this word uh, insightful of you <laughs> to, to be cognizant of other people like that. And also know that that's like the smallest, tiny, tiny victory for yourself. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I'm up like the complete opposite. Like I need it dark and quiet. And oh. there have been times in the past where I, there, like I was hooking up with a guy a few years ago and like he had to sleep with the TV on. And at some, there was just one night where I just like went crazy. And I was like, I have to turn this up. Like I just was like, it's so, it's so annoying. And I was just like snapped because I was like, how do you fucking sleep with this? Oh my God. I, I love you for doing that. I just, the fact that you're like, I'm standing up for myself right now. <laughs> and then I pretty much, the whole situation petered out pretty quickly after that. <laughs> like, what? No. So I was like, yeah, no, I would rather, I would rather die alone <laughs> than spend one more night trying to sleep through some mindless Netflix series. Like, I was like, I lost my fucking shit. That's how I know I, like, things like that where I'm like, I fucking relate to this. I'm like, oh, that's how I know I'm not a chill person. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, no, you should snap. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you want to be spontaneous? Well, how about all these things that are in the way, bitch? Right? Like, what about this? Yeah, I I don't know. How are you, do you do well with schedules or, like, do you need a schedule to function? I 
not only do I need a schedule to function, I need a schedule to function, but I'm bad at time management still. And I am obsessive about scheduling, like planning. Uh-huh. Like it's like, I'll put things in three different calendars because I, I obsess over, I don't know what the fuck this is. Is that like, it's just like, if I write it down enough, if I put it in enough places, I won't fucking forget or flake on it. That I do the exact same thing. I have a calendar in my room. I use my phone calendar, and then I also text myself. Ah, oh, good idea. And then, <laughs> I'll like, and then I'll set alarms and stuff. Oh, I completely understand because I will somehow still. It's like I need the plans for myself to feel productive. Yes, and it's and like. I, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no. I, I'm sure I was going to say the same thing, but in a different way because I love to do that. <laughs> no, I mean I just. It's one of those things where I constantly, it's, I have this goal of having a genuine, like a full routine for my day of like, well, I'll wake up and do this. And I've never executed this. Yep. My perfect existence would be like, I get up at eight. I do my, you know, I wash my face. I, I dedicate this amount of time to writing in my journal. And then from nine to nine 30, that's practicing my French language. Like (laughs) that. And the closest I've gotten is being like on Tuesdays and Thursdays at two, I'll, I'll do podcasts like that. But the idea of having a strict routine feels, well, it's just some sort of, I, maybe it's just a, the illusion of control of having like my life managed because I do things at a certain time, but I for sure obsess over this. I'm having just a, a realization now, like, yeah, wow. Yeah, I, everything you're saying, I completely understand. Like, I, oh. love, I love to plan out my entire day, but then once one thing goes askew and I can no longer, like, say I need to, needed to get to the gym at a certain time. In the day's order, ruined. The day is ruined, and then I'm paralyzed and can no longer do everything else I had to plan. Oh, my God. That's Wait, how. I've never talked to anybody about this, and... It's debilitating though, because you're like, fuck, I know I can do it, but I can't move because everything's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, like everything's thrown off. When somebody cancels on me, I, and I, which is why I, I beat the shit out of myself when I cancel on people, because I also have rheumatoid, I have rheumatoid arthritis, so like there's days where I just am physically in pain or exhausted, and I just have only recently given myself permission to be like, no, don't try to barrel through it. Like, just fucking move the podcast or whatever. Like no one will die, but yeah. like, oh God, I feel the same. It's like if one thing I was planning in a day gets moved around or like, can we actually do it later? It's paralyzing is such a great way to describe it. Mm-hmm. That it's like, why did I go from having 12 things to do today to now I'm like, I just finished nothing. Yeah. I'm like, the only thing I want to do is sit here, but yet I'm not like, relaxed. Yeah. It's not, it's not a self care, nothing. It's like, at least if I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take the, if I knew how to take a day off (laughs) where you're just like, I'm just going to relax. No, it's, you're just sitting there for me, like going over all the things that I haven't gotten done and I need to do and I'm not doing. There's never a day off when you have a mental illness. I feel like People that are capable of being like, it's the weekend. I'm like, what is the, <laughs> the like, freedom you have? I envy it so much because I'm like, I, I have no clue how anyone does that. Like, I'm like, are you out of your mind? 
when people text you, do, do you ever feel this way? When people text you and they go, it's like, say it's 6 or 7 p.m. at night. Someone goes, hey, what are you doing tonight? Do you want to hang out? In my head, I go, you don't think I had my night fully planned? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, also, even if I didn't, you're just going to drop this on me now? Why wouldn't you have asked me yesterday if I want to hang out tonight? Right. If you knew you were free, why wouldn't you plan ahead? Yeah. Oh, people who can't make plans. It makes me the fucking, let's just play it by ear. No. <laughs> I'll rip my ears off. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you become the person in your friend group or your family or whatever that makes that it makes the decisions for people? Um, I'm trying I to, I, mm, it goes back and forth. Cause like I have the inclination to, but I also, I guess it's this gray area of maybe it's codependence of not wanting to ruffle feathers, people pleasing, I guess, where it's uh -huh. like, but like, here's an idea, but like, if that doesn't work for you guys, yeah, that's fine. Like, what do you, what do you guys want to do? But deep down, you're like, this is what I want. Yeah, but it's like, and I'm even like, I'm fine doing someone else's, you know, it's like, if it's go to dinner somewhere, it's like, I'm fine going to whatever restaurant you want to go to, but let's just fucking, can we just pick something? Yeah. I need to know where we're going and what time. Nothing drives me more insane when I'm with a group of friends or family or whatever, and they're all like, I don't really care. I don't really care. I'm down for anything. Or when you're in a text chain and you're like, hey, hey guys, what do you want to do tonight? Down oh. for anything. I'm down for anything. And I go, cool. Okay. Someone has to decide. <laughs> Fucking thank God for you. Yeah. I'm probably more of the, <laughs> I'm cool with whatever. And then, but I have a very small threshold of people going like, me too. Yo, whatever. Until I go, let's just do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one person. I, there's always one person that's going to make the decision. It's, it drives yeah. me. Drives well, it's like, me. yeah, there's so many of things like that, like in a nutshell of like, I don't know, people who want to go to the mall and browse, it's like, kill yourself. What do you know? <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to just peruse it. I'm like, I'm here for one thing. I need to find it. I have to beeline toward it and get the fuck out of here or I will be here all day. Yeah. How, who has the time? Who right? has, has the time? Oh, no. like grocery stores are a nightmare to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, right now, yeah. Especially. Oh, yeah, right now, especially. Let's get, let's get back to you. Now I'm just like, okay. wait, I have my calendar. <laughs> I literally opened my planner in this conversation. I'm like, there needs to be more written down. <laughs> like, like, just becoming a mad scientist. Like, I had oh, to no. write on my, my calendar, my whiteboard calendar, I had to write in big letters, you know, like everything I put nothing in big letters so that I would stop obsessively looking at my calendar when there's nothing on it. Oh, that's honestly such a smart idea. Of just, <laughs> I also am like, I think just a workaholic psychopath where it's like, I like it when my calendar looks really full. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Look how much I'm doing. And yeah. other people look at it and they're like, what it, what the fuck? Yeah, they're like, uh, uh, can you hang out? I'm like, yes, um, between the hours of 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. So, yes. never mind, I have to take 20 minutes to get to the show. <laughs> right, and then I'm like, how about in September? <laughs> show, um, show who your true friends are. I mean, truly, that really shines a light. <laughs> um, so there is a thought around OCD, like people who don't really know that much about it, um, that there's an obsession over like germs and cleanliness. Does yours manifest like that? Not at all. That's why I was so shocked when I was diagnosed and it was really enlightening to mental illness itself because I grew, I am the mess. I was the messiest person of all time. Like 
not ever like a germ kind of mess, but I was okay if I left a cup in my room that maybe had like a smidgen of soda in it, I would be fine with leaving it there for three months. Yeah. It, it, and my room had clothes everywhere growing up, but I don't think that had anything to do with my OCD because now I'm very clean, but not obsessively clean. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's truly manifests in rituals and habits and it doesn't, I think cleaning is just a very, um, a good release of, uh, control for people. So I think that's why it's so common. Yeah. Cause it's just like always there. There's always something that you could yeah. be like straightening or cleaning or. Yeah. And it's in, in your own home. That's where the most manifests. So, uh, but I never, I never had that. It's, it's, that's why I both was like, I don't know if I have it. And that's why when I would tell other people, I don't think they believed me. Oh, cause they all had this caricature idea. Of, yeah. yeah. Cause my friend, uh, she's a comedian, Nicole Amy Schreiber. She's OCD, but like, I know her. Yeah. People go like, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And if you go to her house, which we're about to be roommates. And I was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And she's like, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I let it, she's literally like, just let me do the dishes. I need to do the dishes like all the time. Like I'm always, cause you know, we'll eat over there. I'm like, well, I'll clean. And she's like, no, no, I just, I have a way I do it and I like doing it and I need to do it. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, okay, but just tell you, do you want to teach me how you do it? And then I'll do it. Cause it's like, I don't want to fuck up your brain. Yeah, it's nothing to do. It's a weird thing. It has nothing to do with you. Exactly. And she's like, you with how, what it makes her feel to accomplish that task. Yeah. It's so, and boy, do I wish I had that. Cause I am <laughs> a mess. Yeah. I'm probably like on that same scale of like never like gross. And it's not usually, not usually never any like food stuff, but you know, maybe like, yeah, a glass of a drink or something, but just organized chaos. Like I know everything is, but it's a fucking hurricane. Yeah. I, I totally get that. It's so OCD when that's why when people are anytime they nonchalantly say like, Oh God, I have, I'm so OCD. Rude. It, it doesn't like trigger me or anything, but it's just a little tiny window into like, I know I get who you are in a way. If yeah. you're that, I get it. Yeah. That you're like, it's also just making a mountain out of like a molehill type of thing. But it, I think that's such a thing in our society where I mean, the amount of people who have, like, a bad day and they're like, I'm so depressed when something very sad happens. It's like, uh -huh. yeah, no, that's, like, depression is a debilitating, like, chemical dysfunction in your brain. Like, you might, something really sad just happened. you probably just sad. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. not to say that, like, they aren't depressed, but when people, oh, I'm so depressed, I'm so OCD, or, like, it's like you, I'm such an alcoholic. And it's like, well, maybe, but also, like, <laughs> but it's but, it's it's like there's a stigma, though, attached to these words, but yeah. people find some type of weird pleasure in having the spotlight on them being like, I ha oh my God, I'm so OCD, as if it's a good quality, but then if you really have OCD, it's a bad quality. Yeah, you, that you're like, yeah, that, that if, if so, you're like, no, like I'm diagnosed, people are like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but it's oh, also like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'm, I go, go for it. No, you go. I was just going to say like, it's, I honestly don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just such a funny, like, that people almost try to make these little, like, make it a personality quirk. And yes. then when you, when so, I'm so crazy. Or, like, I'm sure it happens with, oh, I'm, like, bipolar. And it's, like, yeah. We're saying somebody's bipolar because they're experiencing a mood. Yes. Oh, and that's a thing, too, is that, like, because I have, like, major depression. And I make a joke about being, like, I think I'm bipolar actually, because I have like super low lows, but then just really high lows. But 
<laughs> but it's a thing where like I didn't realize how deep my depression went. And then like, you know, the more I've worked on it, the more I've sort of like self-analyzed and, you know, talking to therapists and doing, you know, a million different things is like, I am so depressed that I think when I'm just having a good day, I go like, I think I'm manic, <laughs> but it's because right. like, it's like, no, you're just happy. And this feeling has been foreign for a little while. Yeah. So, cause it's like, no, I'm not out of control. I'm just feel good. But I'll be like, wow, what is this? A manic episode? Because all of a sudden I'm not like, everything's hard. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's just, but, it's impossible. Yeah. But then it's like the people who. Down, down and out, down and out, down and that was the free hour of this episode. Um, in the quarantine, I have started limiting the regular episodes to one hour. Um, I don't cut them short if they only go an hour, but anything over an hour, I'm putting out as bonus content. So for the full episode, you got to head over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed and become a member. You can do it for just a dollar a month. I mean, you could just do it to get the one episode you want to hear more of and then cancel it and never pay a dollar if you time it right. But I would really love that dollar. I would appreciate it. I make no other money uh, besides podcast stuff now. So maybe I should just do a better job instead of being like, please help me. Ah, one of these days, kids, one of these days. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to John, Greg, Gene, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots over on Patreon. I couldn't do this without you, and I adore you all. If you want to join that or uh, get more content from me, get early releases of bonuses without this intro and outro that seems to be so fucking awful today, <clears throat> head on over to patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. I won't plug it anymore, but there you go. Options on the table. Uh, you know, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter at blessed podcast or at ignorance is blessed on Instagram. Please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person with a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look at, from their situated position in the world. You have additional questions for Holly? You have another guest you'd like to hear uh, me interview? You got a topic you want to hear me interview? Let me know. Head over to the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Join. It's going to ask you why you want to join. Mention the fucking podcast. I don't know why people don't know that. A lot of people want to join it because they love quotes. And I'm like, yeah, that's not the quote, you fucking idiot, which is really what the whole group was about. But, uh, you know, shoot it in there because that's where I, I see things first. So, you know, let me know. I'm up to ask anybody or go on a hunt for somebody with a certain identity if there's, you know, a topic you're curious about. Uh, and I will do my best to deliver what I can. So keep giving suggestions and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.